0: Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. From our psalm from this morning, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. So here we are today, moving towards the end of the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Mark. And without a doubt, according to Mark, it's been quite a time for Jesus and his followers. Since my Sunday mornings in September have moved back and forth between here and Mount Lebanon Chapel, perhaps I'll take just a minute to recap where things stand. In short, Jesus has been taking his disciples to school and a task. Lately, he has taught them, he's rebuked them, redirected them, questioned them. Last week, you may remember, his disciples were arguing in a a very petty and private way over which one of them was the greatest. So Jesus did two things. First, he told them that the greatest would always be the last, the servant of all. And then he scooped up that little child into the midst of all gathered and well. You know the rest. Turns out Jesus is still teaching today, and not just to those disciples, but to a much broader and general audience of those gathered there with him. And we know that there's all ages present, because nowhere does it say in Scripture that, quote, and then that little child and all the other children left with their parents for a happy meal and bath time, or something like that. Instead, we can assume that at least one child, likely many more, were present for Jesus' teaching Today. And boy, is it a doozy, right? Remember, again, this is the same conversation that was happening in our gospel last week. So, Jesus has just told everyone that the first shall be last. And right after that, the disciple named John starts showing off, proudly telling Jesus that he and a few other disciples personally stopped someone who was driving out demons in Jesus' name, because that person was doing it in Jesus' name. Wait a minute. Jesus said, hold on, whoa. Don't you dare stop him. Using my name for good in this world to relieve suffering, to work a miracle, to simply give someone a cup of water in Jesus' name? That's actually a good thing. That is a rewarding thing. That is a powerful thing. Make no mistake, my friends, Jesus took this one personally, and rightly so. After all, when we use Jesus' name, We are involving him, sometimes invoking him, and he is invested in having that done with intention and with dignity and with power for good. We can draw this very same conclusion from other areas where Jesus does the very same thing, takes it personally when his name is associated with actions, sometimes with cruelty. Do you remember Saul on the road to Damascus? Saul, who is riding on his horse, getting ready to persecute Christians, That blinding light came down from heaven, and there was Jesus' voice. I wonder if you remember what Jesus said. Saul, why do you persecute me? Jesus was angry, and he took it personally because, and this is important, what you do to or for his people, you do to him. So I invite you this morning to use Jesus' name to do good, never to use it for persecution or for the harm of others. I think actually here in the gospel this morning, Jesus has changed topics for just a minute to address John and the other disciples. And now he's redirecting everyone back to this theme of how we welcome and tend to children. So let's go back to those parents, you know, the two who were proudly seeing their child, just used as a tangible reminder of compassion and care. I can only imagine now that their jaws are dropped. They're probably squirming, squirming because Jesus is now talking about tying huge stones around someone's neck and drowning them or they're probably covering their child's ears at this point and thinking, Ooh, Jesus, this is offensive. Our child is going to be traumatized. Jesus, do you even remember that this child is here? I would say yes. Jesus 100% knew that the child was still next to him, and yes, he was 100% intentional with his words, because when things get personal, we usually remove all the fluff, and we get right down to it. There are things that are offensive to God, and God is going to let us know it. Now that audience gathered knew all about a millstone, that huge wheel tied to a pole, harnessed to a brute animal, an animal that walks in circles all day long while the millstone turns, grinding grain. They not only know a millstone, but they are also intimately acquainted with the brutality of Roman rule. They know that at times, capital punishment was sometimes meted out by having a millstone strapped to a person who is then truly thrown overboard in a boat and was drowned. Jesus says, If any of you put a stumbling block before one of these little ones who believe in me, it would be better for you if a great millstone were hung around your neck and you were thrown into the sea. Notice that Jesus equates causing a young person to stumble with this kind of punishment. Most interesting and important, that Jesus calls out young people here. Our youth, our children. Jesus reminds us pointedly that we must treat the young people in our lives with the utmost of care. We must see them, that what they are exposed to and taught by our words and our actions every single day really does matter. The fragile faith of the small children in our midst must be nurtured and tended. Now let's consider the rest. I'm going to say that Jesus isn't suggesting, I believe, that the people of this world should hobble around on one leg or with one hand or half blind. I don't think he wants maimed people. I'm not sure he's being literal. Actually, I believe he's not. But let's consider the symbolism. The eye, it's what we see with. The hand is what we do things with. The feet are what take us places. So Jesus is saying, don't participate. Don't seek out to see, or to do, or to go anywhere towards anything that might move you away from God. Yes, we have free choice, we have free will, but it would be far better for us if we were physically unable to do those things that cause us to sin. We must be purposeful about entering heaven. Jesus says, knowing that getting to heaven in any condition is better than getting to hell in our best condition, if you will. So then perhaps we can make being right with God our priority over anything else, anything we might want to see, anything we might want to do, and any place we might want to go. Finally, we're now at these last three verses from our gospel today. I would say these three verses are a sermon unto themselves, but it's okay, I'll be brief. Salt is something that we hear about all through scripture. We know that salt was used to preserve food, to keep it from decaying and also used in that day in the burnt offerings as a sacrifice to God. Today, Jesus calls us to have salt in ourselves and to be at peace with one another. So putting together what salt does with Jesus's command, we might say that we are preserving good within ourselves for God and we are living sacrifices to him. Perhaps that will help us to be at peace with each other. Now, I do not believe that it is always possible for us to be at peace with one another. The man who was once named Saul, that we mentioned earlier, he knew this as well. Saul would later be Paul, and we are reminded in Paul's letter to the Romans, if it is possible, be at peace. Sometimes we truly do our very best, and still we cannot turn hearts or influence others For the good. Friends, on days like today, we might forget that the word gospel really does mean good news. The truth is that Jesus is speaking plainly and bluntly to all who would listen, including you and including me. He's reminding us that anything good or bad we do in his name matters, matters to him. He's paying attention to how we aspire to raise the young people that God has placed in our midst, and finally, he is claiming us as a living sacrifice to him, for which we can be grateful, and by which we may find, even this day, peace with one another. Thanks be to God, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.